All right, everybody. Hey, welcome to New Life. My name is Jeff Baker. I am uh, the lead pastor here at the church. Glad you guys can make it out today. I um, want to welcome all of you. If you want to be seated, that'd be great. Um, I just want to say uh, thanks for coming. If you're a guest here with us today, if you are new worshiping with us at New Life, uh, I know that you could have gone a lot of different places. Some of you drove in and you, you battled the snow. It's just a little bit of snow, but still a little bit makes it slick, right? So I want to say thank you to those of you that uh, are guests of friends and family that were invited and you decided when you woke up, you look outside and you saw the snow, but you came anyways. Please high five the person next to you for that, okay? It's awesome. Awesome. I want to welcome all of you that are down in our gym venue as well that are watch, watching us online today. Uh, those that are watching by live stream, joining us from, from all around the world, I want to say thanks for being here with us today at New Life. That's going to be a great day. We've called it hashtag transparent. If you don't have a clue what hashtag means, then just think of transparent, okay? Don't, don't worry about the hashtag piece. Um, someone else can explain that to you later. Uh, but anyways, if you do have your smartphones, you were told during our announcements that you could have those out. We always encourage that, by the way. But we do encourage you to have your ringers off. And, uh, but we do want you to be able to use our Bible app that we have. Uh, through you version, we want you to be able to uh, send out statements even while you're at church. I think that's some of the best way that you can impact some of your friends and family members, letting them know what God's doing in your life just by being on social media, sending out thoughts maybe as God gives them to you. By the way, you can always go back and look at those later. Um, or maybe you use your, your iPad or you use a tablet device of some manner uh, to take notes or to read a Bible. We, we just want let you, we want you to know we encourage you to do that, okay? And we have uh, free Wi-Fi that's here if you just want to get on it. It's at uh, New Life. Uh, you'll see an NLA. That one's kind of locked down. But if you'll just go to New Life, you can jump on that as well. Sometimes we get a lot of people on at one time and it kind of slows down. I apologize for that. It's not my fault. It's the Internet, okay? So um, we, we don't control the Internet and we don't claim that we created it either. So we're not that, they're not those people. Hey, so tr- let's think about transparent for a minute, okay? The word transparent... Um, The word transparent means that something has a substance to it, but yet you can see right through it. Something has substance to it, but you can see right through it. When something is transparent, right, it makes it appear or makes it feel like the thing that is on the other side of this transparent item, you could just reach out and you could grab it. You could just reach through like a window and you could grab it. Right? You could just, it's like, it's like something's there. It has substance to it, but it, it's, it's as if you can't really tell it's there. Things like crystal. Crystal is a great, is a great example. Um, you can see if it's smooth and it's clear. You know the ones that you've annoyed people with when you're out at a restaurant or whatever and you get your finger wet and you rub it around the top of the rim and it's, and you, and you're just like, this is the best thing ever, right? And everyone else is completely annoyed with you until you get yourself kicked out of the restaurant. Um, not that that's ever happened to me. I don't know, even know where that happened, but I'm sure that it's ha- it has happened someplace. So, Crystal, you can see right through it. Or how many of you guys are thankful, all right? Let me just hear you. You're thankful that water is transparent. Yeah. So little things like that that matter most, you know? Because if your water wasn't transparent, <laughs> would you drink it? Uh, probably not. Probably not. So I'm thankful that my water is transparent. I'm thankful that, you know, how many of you guys really cherish good transparent glass? Or are you the kind of people that you love fingerprints and smudges and stuff on your glass? And how many people are in here like me that you just like really clear, 
non-smudged glass, right? Of course you do. Of course you do. As a kid, as a kid, driving in the car and the heat isn't working quite right, you know, and you're in, you're back then in those days, the cars were so huge, right? They were massive. You could just crawl over the place. You crawled up into the back window. You slept while mom and dad were driving down the road. I'm right. Yeah. The, the good old days. The days when we evidently truly loved our kids, that we didn't even restrain them and just let them go anywhere we wanted to in the car. You remember those days? Some of you are looking at me like, what were those? I don't remember them at all. I'm talking about the days when you could climb down in the footboard while your dad's driving and pick up pebbles and rocks and lay them up on the big bench vinyl seat. Remember those things? Thousand degrees and they stick to your legs? Yeah, that was, that was the good, that was the good days. That was the good days. But, the heat, the heat, you know, so, so big of a space to heat. Um, and so the windows fog over. And as a kid in the back seat, being able to really go anywhere you want to, anywhere and anytime you want to, that just became an artist canvas for a kid. Right? They're all, they're all foggy and you're just on there and you're writing things. And until my dad, you know, taught me a good lesson, probably with a spanking of some kind. Um, because again, that was back in the day that we really loved our kids. So, um, just a little side note. All right, so, but you know, you're riding on it. Then the next time, the next time the the fog comes back to the window, then it's all still there. It's amazing. So I I'm I'm one of those guys. That I taught my kids early. We we put them in like a five point harness. We didn't. We loved our kids enough that we just clip them down from every direction you can. You know, so that way they can't ride on the windows because that really got underneath my skin. I know another thing that's transparent that you guys probably really thoroughly enjoy. Uh, what about like this thing we call black ice? Yeah, you like that? that? Isn't that just like a really bad name for you're going to slip, fall, and break your skull open? Because that stuff, I mean, I, one time I climbed out of my Suburban. My feet hit what I thought was asphalt. It was ice. I was underneath the car next to me in Walmart getting back up. My wife's like, where did you go? <laughs> what? I, I, the door opens, your feet hit the ground, and you're like, whoom! And you're just like, I'm, oh, you're laying flat on the ground. Black ice. But you, it's so transparent, you can't even tell. It's as if you thought the ground was there. That's what I'm talking about. It's like nothing is between you and it. True, true things that are transparent, they have a sense of purity to them. When water is transparent, it's pure. It makes you go, I can drink that. Or that ice, or that crystal, or that glass, there's a purity to it. So today I want to talk a little bit about what it means to live your life transparent, though. That gets a little more scary, doesn't it? Where people can see, they can see into my heart, where people can, they can see into my, into my thoughts. Well, not literally, but what if we were to live like that? What if we lived transparently? What if we truly were safe enough in a place where we could do that? Doesn't it, for some of us, even myself included, it sounds a little scary, doesn't it? Sounds a little scary to be transparent like that glass or that water. Why? Well, because we're going to be, we're afraid that people would reject us if they really knew who we were. We would be rejected. If you were able to be in a place like New Life that I call, it's a safe place, a place where you can explore God and you can come just as you are, if I gave you the opportunity to stand up and truly be transparent today, to let people know who you really are outside of this place, the reason why you wouldn't do it, number one reason would be because you'd be the fear of being rejected. And that's, unfortunately, it's here. 
It's everywhere we live. The other reason why you wouldn't do it is because you, you would have a fear of being respected from that moment on. That if you really told people what happens in your life, that you would be rejected and you wouldn't be respected anymore. It's one of the, it's one of the, the, the basic defaults that pastors go to as well. That we go to this little island and we put ourselves on an island because if, if people really knew the fact that we aren't perfect, that we fall and we stumble as well, that we would, we have the fear of being rejected and the fear of never being respected again. So here's what I'm trying to do. And here's what we're trying to do as a church. We're trying to walk in the shoes of Christ. In the atmosphere of Christ. In the circle of Jesus. There is great, authentic living, transparent living. Everywhere that Jesus went, he was transparent. He was trying to expose the Father to people. He was trying to open up the hearts of people so that they would see who the Father was. In fact, he went as far to say that everywhere I go, everything I say, everything I do, I do it because the Father's telling me to do it. His whole mission was to tell people about the kingdom and was to tell them about his Father. And that's the mission that he has us on. The, bo- the, the bad side to it is that that was Jesus and here we are today, some 2,000 plus years later. What keeps us from being transparent? What keeps us? What causes us to go, I can't live that way. I don't want to be rejected and I don't want to be disrespected. So what do we do? We put masks on. Every single one of us in this room is wearing a mask. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your name is. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter how long you've called yourself a Christian. Every single one of you are in this place today and you're wearing some kind of mask. You're trying to present yourself in a way that you think humanity is going to look at you and go, oh, now that's what you should look like. That's the way you should think. That's the way you should behave. We wear all kinds of masks. One mask, let me just give you maybe four examples. One mask is a mask of just being, just being tough. Just being tough. You know that mask that you're just like, oh man, I, I'm, I can handle this. I can take care of this. I don't need anybody else. I'm just, I'm just flat tough enough. I can get through life's difficult moments. I can handle it all by myself. You know that one? How about this other mask? There's another mask. It's, uh, it's gonna be called the mask of, it's gonna be the mask of being shallow. You know that where you're, you're doing life with people, but you're just so shallow with them that no one really knows who you are? You know that, you know that kind of person? A person that doesn't really ever let you get really deep into their life? That's a mask that's covering up who you really are. That's a mask that's keeping people from really knowing the real you, or in my case, the real Jeff Baker. There's another mask. These are just examples. How about the mask of just being too busy? Just busy. I don't have time for, for everybody. I mean, I, I gotta keep rolling. I just gotta keep going because if I'm busy, then I don't have to really expose what's really going on in my life. If I'm busy, then people think I'm important. If I'm important, then people will give me my space. And if they give me my space, I can just keep living life the way I want to. Instead of having to be transparent, I'm just gonna come across in life as being busy. So tough. Shallow, busy. Maybe a fourth one could just be, I'm confident. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm confident. 
I come across confidently and I can do things and I can accomplish them and I I don't need your opinion, so therefore just kind of stay away from me and I can get through life. I can make decisions, I can make it happen. These are just four masks. I I know these masks. Because if we're going to be transparent today, might as well start with me, right? These are my masks. These are the masks that Jeff Baker puts on. When he just wants to go through life. When he just wants to get things done. I'm tough enough. I can do really good at small talk with you. I can small talk with you all day long and stay shallow. I can, I can get busy and sometimes I really am truly busy, but sometimes I use that to be a mask to keep you from getting to know who I really am. And I can really throw on the confidence mask in a hurry. And just run through life and make the command calls that need to be made as a lead pastor and just get it done. These are, these are four masks that I have to be on guard on. I have to be on my guard. Because when these masks get on, and I've warned them, when these masks get on or when they layer themselves like that, you're not seeing the real me. When you're not seeing the real me, guess what I'm doing? I'm robbing you. And the same thing, the same thing happens for you. That when you wear your mask and you don't live transparent, we're robbing one another of the best. We can try to hide yourself from each other. We can keep trying to do this. We can, if you would like it, if you would rather have me, I'll wear these things. It's a lot easier to go through life if I wear these things. But I don't think that's what you want. And I don't think that's the kind of culture that you're here today searching after. I don't think we're after... A culture where we try to wear as many masks as we can just to please one another. Because you know what? You've heard the old saying, right? That you might be able to trick some of the people some of the time, but you'll never trick all the people all the time. So you can wear them, but you're never going to trick all the people. If you're a parent here, you know what I mean. You've watched your kids come in the door and instantly you've read their face and you go, Ha ha, gotcha. I didn't say a thing. I didn't do a thing. But you noticed. You got them, right? Because you know something's not right. They put on a mask. They've done something that they're trying to hide from you now. You've noticed that. If you're a manager of people, you've watched some of your employees walk in the door and you've read their face and intuitively you know, you knew instantly, something's not right. It's not going right. And guess what? What we try to do is we try to do the same thing with God. We try to trick God. We try to live our lives and go, well, God, you can't see through my masks. You can't see. Look at me, God. Look how I'm presenting myself to you, God. You know, look look at the person I really want you to see. You think we can trick God? You can trick some of the people some of the time. You'll never trick all the people all the time. But let me tell you something about God. You're never tricking God. 1 Samuel 16, verse 7, says this about God. It says that the Lord doesn't see things the way that you see them. People judge by outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the what? God looks at the heart. So we look at the outside. We look at the mask. That's why masks work so well. That's why putting on the facade of confidence or putting on whatever facade it is that you're trying to do, by putting that on, you're trying to trick one another because man looks on the outside and so it makes a difference. But what we need to know is that God looks at the heart. You can't trick God. God already knows your mask. He knows what your mask is and He's looking straight through it into the real you. And that's what this glass behind me actually represents. This glass behind me represents real people. There's words on this glass that are written in red. Words like anger, self-esteem, 
worry, bitterness, alcoholism, control. There's all kinds of words that are written up here in red. These words that are written in red were words, words that are written by people right here in this church. These, these were their math, these were some of their masks, these were some of their sins, these were some of their life controlling issues. This glass sat out in our lobby for the last two weeks, but these words in red represent something powerful. These are the words that are, that are describing in a one word testimony the things that God has set people free from. I once used to be angry. I once used to have sex driven lifestyles, but I've been set free from that. Or set free from, you know, the self-esteem. Or set free from the bitterness. Or set free from the jealousy. Set free from bitterness. These people are sitting right next to you right now. I wrote one up there. I wrote the word right here. This is mine. This red one right here. Addiction. At one point in my life, there were addictions that controlled me. But Christ set me free. And sitting next to you are people that have written words in red, in a one-word testimony, no names, just to define how powerful God really is. And so that we can celebrate what it means to have true life with Christ. This is true, authentic Christianity, where we can expose who we were and, and proclaim that, man, it's awesome that God has set us free. That's not the only words that are up there, right? There's also words that are written in black. These words are... Here's faith. Someone's just trying, trying to say that faith, man, right now is controlling me. These words written in back are, black are words that control us right now that we've yet to find freedom from, but we're searching for it. These people are sitting next to you right now. Somewhere in this place, someone's got worry. Somewhere in this place, someone's struggling with their beauty. Somewhere in this place, someone actually is struggling with addiction still. They're struggling with trust. They're struggling with death. They're struggling with pornography. In this place, true, authentic Christianity, people that truly love God but are still seeking God for freedom over life-controlling issues and over sin. See, authentic Christianity is not about your perfection. Authentic Christianity is all about you never forgetting where you came from. Some of these words define your past. It's where you came from. Some of these words define right where you're at right now. And I don't, I don't want us to ever forget where we came from. Because if we forget where we came from, then we'll forget what it means to love people that are still living life with all kinds of things that are words written in black up here right now. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says this, But God, He showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. We can't ever forget the fact That my heart without Jesus is wicked. I am a sinner without Jesus. I need Him. I don't deserve the freedom that I that I received. I don't deserve to be able to write anything in red up here. But because of the love of God for me and for us, I've been set free. And so have you. That God looked at our lives. He looked past our masks. He looked into our heart. He saw all of the filth of all the things written in black up there. And He went... Guess what? I love you anyways. I love you in spite of all the words written in black on your heart right now. I love you in spite of all the life-controlling sin. I love you in spite of all those things. 
I celebrate with you in the things that are written in red that you've allowed me to work on your life and that you've trusted me to set you free from. But I love you even with the things that are written in black on your heart right now. There's nothing that you can do about it. And some of you are here today just to hear that one statement today. That God loves you in spite of the words that are written in black that are controlling you right now. Interestingly enough, no matter where you are and you're watching us today, which words are easier to see on the glass? The red ones. The red ones. Because the red ones are celebrating the work of Jesus. It's the red ones that cause you to have the testimony of the faithfulness of God. And only God... And only through Christ, only through Him who gave His life on the cross for you, that He loved you even while you were a sinner, it's only through Him that words were transformed from black to red. See, one of the things that God's working on me with, He's working on me with this word I wrote in black right here. I wrote the word image. Because one of the things that I'm still trusting God for is to continue to set me free from my my opinion of how others see me. Right? There's probably a lot of you that are here today like that. I don't like that. It affects how I make decisions at times, sometimes more than others, and it ends up hurting people. And I hate that. But I'm just being honest with you today. That's something I have to work on. That's something that I have to keep trusting God for. And He's been chiseling it away. And like a, like a big, huge, multi-story brick home house or building, he's been removing block by block by block by block. And I'm still trusting him just to keep removing the debris, keep removing the rubble of the image thing so that that's not something that controls me any longer. But there has been many times when I've tried to deal with it myself. We try to get some of these things off of here, right? We work hard at it. We try to be good enough to do it. We just say, well, I'm just good enough. If I, if I just buckle down and I just work hard enough at it, I can, get, I can be free from these things. Has it worked? Well, it works for a season, doesn't it? Works for a period of time, but it'll never truly get it free. It'll never transform words from black to red. You working hard enough. Or there's others of you that have used the excuse or the lie, well, I'm better than they are. I'm better than them, so I feel good about myself. Right? This is man's approach. This is man's approach to dealing with his issues. What? You're gonna, you're gonna go, well, I'm gonna compare sin to sin, and so that therefore makes me better? <laughs> that's, that's ludicrous. It's ludicrous to think that way. Well, I'm just, I'm better than them. Some of you have just buckled down and you went, you know what? You know what? I'm telling you what it's gonna mean. I'm gonna just, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna attend church every single time the doors are open. I'm going to read the Bible like 23 and a half hours a day. I'm going to, I'm going to pray 23 and a half hours a day, which all of that mathematically is impossible, right? But I'm going to do that, and if I just do that, and I give enough, I'm going to give all my money to charity. If I do all of those things, I can change parts of my life that are words written in black to now be in red. I can be free from things. If you've ever taken that approach, did it work? It doesn't work, does it? We work and we work and we toil and we toil. It's like banging on this glass. It's like just banging on it. Like, I can be free from this. If I work hard enough on this sex addiction, I can be free from it. If I work hard enough on this beauty thing, I can be free from it. Or over here, this worry, I can be free from it. If I work hard enough on my addictions, I can be free from them. 
We just bang at life. We just keep banging at it. We keep punching at it as hard as we can. It just wears us down and it beats us down. Has it worked? No, it hasn't worked because banging on the glass doesn't work. Banging on life doesn't work. That's man's approach. How much man can I put into it so I can make myself look better? You know what you do? You just keep building up more and more masks. And your masks are so heavy and so large, you can't even contain them anymore. You don't even know which mask to wear to which party anymore. Because you don't even know you. The real you is somewhere down there. The real you is crying out. And he wants freedom. Who's the only one that says he knows your heart? God. So what's God's approach to your freedom? Psalms 139 has to say this about a heart that's seeking after being transparent God's way. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Now, there's a few things about this passage of Scripture I want to draw your attention to. First thing, if you want to live God's way and you want to seek after God and be open and transparent the way God asks us to, it first starts with honesty. I mean, when you look at this passage, it says things like, search me, right? And know my heart. Test me. Even know my anxious thoughts. That's about honesty before God. If you want to live transparent before God, you first got to pull back the veil and go, okay, God, I'm going to be honest with you. This is my heart. I know you already know it. But I'm going to take a moment. I'm going to confess it to you. Because I need to do that. It starts with honesty today. There's no other way to get to God without starting first at honesty. But there's a second thing. And that's, and that's humility. Humility. Look at verse 24. And it says, point out anything in me that offends you. <laughs> Who likes that? That doesn't even sound fun. Point out anything in me that offends you? Have you ever gone and asked your spouse, Hey, is there anything in my life right now that just offends you? You're going to be highly disappointed how long the list is. I would recommend if you're going to ever ask that question, do it somewhere in public, alright? It might save your marriage. But to come to God and say, point out anything in me that offends you, that's, that's a humble heart. That's going, I know my life isn't right. And guess what it's also saying? There are things in my life, there are words written in black that I don't even know. But God, I don't want a single, I don't want a single word written in black to keep me from you. Honesty, that's one thing. Humility, that's another piece. But lastly, is surrender. Look at what the rest of that verse 24 has to say. It says, and what? Lead me along the path. You're not, you can't lead yourself. You can bang on life all you want, but you'll never lead yourself from words in your life that are written in black to words written in red where you truly find Christ's freedom unless you surrender and you let Jesus be your leader. You can't get there any other way. Trust me, I've tried it. Many other people sitting in this auditorium have tried it. Honesty, humility, and surrender. 
Which leads us to what? And lead me along the path of what? Everlasting life. What is everlasting life? Everlasting life is the cross. The cross is where everlasting life is found. It's in the power of the cross that we find words that are written in black in our lives transforming into words written in red. It's in the power of the cross that we can truly live transparent before God. It's only through the power of the cross that any sin in our life can be broken. I mean, take a look at what Romans 6.10 has to say about the power of this. It says, when He, being Jesus, when He died, He died once to break the power of sin. But now that He lives, He lives for the glory of God. He died once on the cross to break the power of sin. He died once on the cross so that we could put our hope and our faith and our trust in Him so that the words that are written in black today can be transformed in the words that are written in red where we can find freedom from our past. We can find freedom from the things that we're currently addicted to. We can find freedom from the things that are currently our life-controlling issues. But you're not going to ever find it unless you're willing to live transparent before God. You're not going to find the power of the cross at work. Because you're holding it back. You're reserving it. You're putting the masks on and you're going, I don't know if I can trust you, God. I don't know if I can trust others with this. Telling there are things that are written on this board that I didn't even mention to you. The kinds of things most people would not even want someone to know. And they're in this place today and they're trusting in the power of the cross to break their sin. And it's only through the power of the cross. I want to challenge you today. Put your hope And put your faith in the power of the cross of Christ. Put your hope and your faith in the fact that Jesus gave his life on the cross, but he's not dead on a cross anymore, but that he went into a grave and he rose again and he set free. And he rose again to come alive so that the power of his death on the cross one time would pay for the penalty of your sin and my sin. So what I want you to do today is I want you to take your sin and I want you to bring it before God because I'm going to show you what the power of the cross can do. Are you ready what the power of the cross can do? Let me show you what the power of the cross can do if your words are written in black and you want to put your faith and your hope in Jesus Christ. That's what the power of the cross can do. Only He can break it, I'm telling you. Only He can break it. Only He can tear it down. Only He can take your words that are written in black and turn them into red. Only He can do it. So you can bang and you can bang and you can bang on that glass. You can bang on your life. But nothing is going to set you free like the power of the cross. I don't know who you are today. Some of you I've never seen before. But I'm just here to tell you today. Put your faith in Christ and He can set you free. There's 27 people that have put their faith in Christ and are getting baptized today. They put their hope and they put their faith in Jesus. 
These 27 people are not perfect by any means. They've experienced the freedom of seeing some of the things that have been written in black turned into red. But some of these words up here, quite frankly, that were in black are from their life. So are they, would you say, are they a hypocrite then? By no means. Because authentic Christianity isn't about being perfect. Authentic Christianity is never forgetting where you came from, never forgetting the fact that you are a sinner and that without Christ, you'll never find freedom. These 27 people have written their short little testimonies and they're in your bulletin. We're going to be baptizing people in order in two different venues. You can follow along with them. But I also ask these 27 people to do what I call a cardboard testimony. It's a very, very short version to display for you the power of the cross at work, breaking things that are written in black into things that are in red. So what I want to do is I just want to transition, and you're going to watch them come across the stage, and they're going to hold up a testimony. I want you to read it. Read it quickly. And then they're going to flip it over, and they're going to show you how God has set them free. Why don't you take a look at how God's at work in 27 people here at our church. That's worth celebrating. Look what God's done in people's lives. Look at what God's done. Look at what God took. And He changed and He transformed. Amen? It's awesome. It is awesome. It's awesome what God can do. It's awesome what He can do. You may be seated. Because I know that in this place today... Watching us in our, in our gym, watching us online right now that you've heard, you've seen the testimonies and some of you are sitting there and it's hard to even contain the emotion on the inside for some of you. Because in the back of your mind, you're thinking to yourself, if, if that can happen for them, it can happen for me. Right? And that little doubt at the end of the word right ends with a question mark instead of a it happened in them it can happen in me right? see that's the difference and today if you're watching us you're here with us today you need to know that the same power of the cross that was at work in these folks lives the same power of the cross that can break that can break down any any bondage in our lives is still at work today the power of the cross didn't die the day that Jesus was done. The power of the cross lives on. power of Christ is at work today in this place. He's at work in your hearts today, right now. And it really comes down to one simple question. Are you willing to be honest with Him? Are you willing to be humbled in front of Him? And are you willing to surrender? Because that's how you find everlasting life. Search me, O oh God. And know me. Look into my life and see any way that I have, that I'm failing you. And then lead me on your path to everlasting life. Today, wherever you're at, whether you're here in our auditorium or you're watching us, I just want you to know you can put your hope and your faith in Christ today. I'm going to pray in just a minute. And when I do pray, I want you, no matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what's going on in your life, I want you to make Jesus the Lord and leader of your life. And then I want to help you. So if you're watching us and you're watching this service and it's 
beyond this Sunday, then you need to email jeff at newlifecarney.org. That's my personal email address. I'll respond to it if you're responding with the fact that you're just going, I want my life to be more transparent. Jeff at newlifecarney.org. If you're watching us here or you're down in the gym, there's a communication card that was on your seat or there's one right in front of you. And if you're making a commitment to follow Christ today, I just want you to write down your name and your information. And then somewhere on that card, I want you to write in big, bold letters, transparent. If you do that, and then after the service, you just let that lay right there on your seat. Then I'll make sure that someone comes by and they pick those up and we'll get a hold of you. We'll help you take the next steps in your journey. Just like these folks. We didn't leave them because they said, oh, I've given my life to Christ. No, we continued the journey with them. And that's why 27 people in just a minute, as our worship teams lead us, are going to be baptized in both of our venues today. And we're going to celebrate the work of Jesus in our lives. So why don't you do this with me? Why don't you stand as we pray? Father, we come before you because you're the one who loved us even when you saw us in our hearts and and you looked at our lives and you said... Man, there's a lot of words written in black. There's a lot of sin. But you loved us anyways. You loved us in spite of our sin. Lord, today that means we can stand here in this auditorium. We can stand in our gym. We can stand in our living room right now. And we can confess that Jesus is the Lord and the leader. And we can give our lives to you. But we can commit ourselves to you and just confess our sin to you knowing that you're faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. Lord, meet people right where they are today. Meet us in this place where you love us enough where you're unwilling to leave us in the same condition that you found us. That's authentic. That's real. Lord, today, many people have found freedom. And Lord, by the end of this service, many more people will find freedom. We celebrate you. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. We give you the praise for that. Because it's in the name of Jesus that sin is broken. It's in the name of Jesus and the power of your cross that death is stolen away by our sin and that life is restored, everlasting life is restored where we can spend eternity with you. Thank you for the hope that we have in Christ. May we celebrate the work of Jesus Lord, as we baptize 27 people and as many others commit their hearts to you right now in the form of a prayer. In Jesus' name.